Welcome to it, another edition of Run Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast. It's so good to have you with us, and uh, thanks for the feedback again uh, about last week's show with regards to the New York Marathon. Lots of great responses uh, with regards to that. And uh, yeah, coming up on this week's show, I thought uh, I'm going to take a look at uh, a South African race from an international perspective, uh, like we did last week for the New York Marathon uh, from a South African perspective. I thought we'd switch things uh, around a little bit this week. And I caught up with uh, a gentleman by the name of Patrick Joyce, who is Swedish. He lives uh, pretty close to Stockholm. And uh, he's run a few Comrades Marathons, been out uh, many, many times, and I wanted to find out a little bit about his experience of running the ultimate human race and, and also just what the running scene uh, in Sweden is like with regards to the Comrades Marathon. So that's uh, pretty interesting, and, and that's coming up on this week's show. I also have to tell you that uh, two weeks ago we broke that story about the Comrades cheat uh, that uh, has done it again in 2014. And I can tell you that I uh, received an email from the Comrades Marathon race director, Rowan James, uh, just filling us in on the process. Obviously, he said he would keep us up to date uh, on the podcast as to, to what is happening. And uh, basically what he said is uh, KwaZulu-Natal Athletics has done absolutely nothing. I'm going to sum it up, but uh, yeah, surprise, surprise. I don't know why that, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything on that one. Uh, But as far as Comrades Marathon taking action, they are investigating uh, and they are also uh, in the process of uh, putting together disciplinary committees and that sort of thing. And uh, basically what's going to happen is if these runners and uh, the runner we exposed in that uh, Run Talk SA story, if they are found guilty, which uh, in his case he probably will be, they will be banned for two years from running the Comrades Marathon. It would then be up to Kuzula Natal Athletics uh, if they want to take any further action. So. Uh, I'll try and get hold of uh, KwaZulu Natal Athletics as well to find out what the story is there because they are seriously, seriously dragging their feet. I mean, the evidence is just overwhelming and they've done absolutely nothing. So uh, we'll we'll follow up on that story. And as soon as you know, uh, as soon as we know, we'll let you know what the story is there as well. Also got some great news. I mentioned it last week. I've been working very, very closely with Professor Tim Noakes with regards to uh, the Banting diet, the low-carb, high-fat diet that uh, he wrote about in the Real Meal Revolution. If you are th- if you are thinking of uh, getting going and, and possibly getting fat adapted and running on the low carb high fat diet, I've got some great news for you. We've worked on some training. We've been chatting to a lot of people and uh, been finding out what people want to know exactly. So, in uh, just over a week's time. We're going to be letting that uh, training or or opening up that training. If you want to get uh, involved, all you need to do is uh, head over to runtalksa.co.za forward slash LCHF. So LCHF for low carb, high fat. Uh, so it's runtalksa.co.za LCHF uh, and then just uh, complete that form on there as soon as we are ready to launch with that training you'll be the first to know and uh, we look forward to helping you along your journey so uh, that's what's coming up in uh, the sphere of Run Talk SA let's get straight into this week's show and my chat with Patrick Joyce Well, we 
head off to Sweden now, and we're joined by Patrick Joyce, uh, who is a Comrades runner, and uh, more and more internationals coming out to South Africa to run this amazing race. And I think, as South Africans, we are truly blessed to have a race like Comrades on our own doorstep, and we don't really realize how much goes into preparing for a race like Comrades when you don't live in South Africa. Patrick, uh, welcome on to Run Talk SA. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Patrick, you, you obviously stumbled across these podcasts and you reached out to me through, through our website and, and, and just sort of told me a little bit about uh, your running exploits and, and how you've run Comrades, but also uh, how difficult it is to, to sort of train for a race like Comrades through, through the, the Scandinavian winter as, 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 as it be. But let's, let's take a step back and, and talk about your running journey and, and how you first discovered Comrades. Where, where did you first hear about the race? Yeah, um, I'm getting, I'm a regular middle-aged family man. I live outside Stockholm with my family, my wife, and three lovely daughters. And about 10 years ago, I turned 40, and I noticed that I was losing form and putting on weight, and not, nothing that I was proud of. But by chance, I happened to rent a DVD called The Long Run, and it's a South African drama film set around the comrades in the early 2000s. And it's a very simple drama. It's about an aging runner who never managed to win comrades on his own, but redeems himself by coaching a young female runner to victory. And I've never, I had never heard of comrades. Didn't know anything about it. But before the film was over, I decided I had to run this race. I had to get back in shape and to run comrades. I vowed that to myself. And uh, that's, so that's where it started, really. That's, that's amazing. I mean, the, the comrades for us, I mean, we grew up, and I'm talking about myself specifically, I grew up around the race. So it's just really a part of, of South African culture and part of the South African fabric, so, uh, so to speak. But from, a, from an international runner's perspective, what was the attraction that, that really drew you to comrades, Patrick? I think, I think it was what you say. It's the big uh, participation and... Uh, the emotional effort that South Africans seemed to put into the race, and that was transformed through the film. You could get that reading from the first start of the film that you had to, in South Africa to be a runner, you had to run comrades. And uh, I felt that a race that can muster that much engagement from fellow runners, from elite runners down to the average runner, that race had to be part of it. So... um, and that film managed to put that forward to me. And, and when I then I got on the Comrades website and I understood that this, this was real. This wasn't something that had been created in the film. The engagement involvement in Comrades is genuine in all over South Africa and internationally as well, at least in the English-speaking world, in Britain and in the United States. There are lots of Comrades aficionados. And I felt I wanted to join them. I want to become part of a club. And, and there obviously weren't too many people in Sweden running comrades at the time. I mean, how how long ago was this? It wasn't too long ago. I mean, you've you've been out uh, quite a few times already. But w- w- what? When did you run your first one, Patrick? I ran my first one in two thousand and five, and then at that stage we were four Swedes. I think four Swedes signed up. I think three finished. I was not one of them. Reluctantly, I came down in two thousand and five. Uh, I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't. The Comrades course was much tougher, and the atmosphere around Comrades is, uh, I mean, if you take it badly, if you're not taking it the right way, you can get sidetracked by I and you can't call, you come to Durban, 
15,000 people are gathering around the expo. The whole atmosphere is built up. Combat is a big race, and I got sort of oversight. I sat badly. I did, um, on one race, I did not perform well, and I was taken off the course of Drummond. So I, my, first, my first race was a complete failure. And, uh, but I was just gutted for a few weeks, but then I decided that oh, you, you can't leave it at that. I have to come back. I have to complete this mission. So I came back in 2007, better prepared and more low-keyed, and just that time I made it right through. I think that, that's quite an important uh, point to make, Patrick. I, I think a lot of, and, and I'll be the first one to admit, I mean, I grew up around the race. I knew how hard it was going to be, but I think a lot of novices underestimate how hard Comrades is. Yeah, it is. Both physically and psychologically. You, 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 when you stand at the, at the start and, and the atmosphere is so electric, uh, uh, some people get inspired by it, but others you get overturned. Or I, I was sort of, it sort of made me more nervous and perform, I performed worse. You have to handle both the, the physical challenges of the course, but you also have to handle the psychological challenge of running in such a mass number of participants with all the spectators around you. And uh, the fact that you go up early in, in the middle of the night and travel to, to the start, there are lots of, uh, lots of demands on you when you run comrades, not just to run 89Ks. There's so much else that you have to handle as well. And that uh, not everyone can do it in the first attempt, not me for sure. So I, need, I needed a second go at it to manage it. And, and you came back and you finished and, and you absolutely hooked. You, you love the race. You, you've now been back yeah. numerous times. You've finished five, if I recall correctly. Four. Four. You finished four. four. So you, 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 you know what comrades runners say. Once you've done two, you're halfway to ten. Uh, <laughs> so you, you definitely are in this thing for the long haul. You love this race, don't you, Patrick? I definitely do. I definitely do. I don't. I don't think I'll make it all the way to ten, but uh, I'm sure. Sure, I'll do a few more runs. Uh, I hope to. Uh, I've tried to uh, get my wife hooked on it. She, she hasn't really wanted to run the race, but she came. She has come with me to support me. She was with me this year at the start and at the finish, and that made huge difference. It really kept me motivated and. Uh, make sure that I finish this year, and uh, I hope someday I could run with one of my daughters. Some of these two of them are keen runners, and uh, I hope one day we can have a father and daughter race. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Patrick, let's talk about preparing for this race in Sweden. I, I've just had a, a very interesting experience. I, uh, for the first time, did, did an international race. I've just returned from Switzerland for, for Ironman uh, Zurich. And training, when you're training in summer, it's all, it's all really nice. But training for a race in winter is, is a totally different story. And, and I really struggled. And our winters are nowhere near as severe as, as Sweden's winters. Obviously, you've got to train the, the big training months for comrades. I mean, really starting to build up uh, December, January, February. It's, it's not pleasant running in Sweden that time of the year. No, definitely not. It's, it's very... Uh, it can be cold, but the big challenge is not the cold. It's, it's, it's dark. You, in, say, December, January, you have six to seven hours of daylight, and those, those hours you spend at work, mostly. So uh, you have to run. Your outdoor running has to be, if you want to run it in a safe way, uh, you have to do it in the weekends or possibly at lunch breaks. Or, as I do, I do my long runs outdoor in the weekends and... 
during the weeks, week evenings, I run on a treadmill. I this idea you can't you can't do any safe quality running in the pitch dark when it's snow and ice on the road. That that's not manageable. You, you that would just end you in a in a big fall and possibly an injury. Uh, so you have to uh, stick to treadmill running really, and um, that's what I do. It's from December to February, I run at least two thirds of my training on the treadmill, which is uh, a bit boring to say the least, and mentally mentally challenging. And then I do try to do a long run Saturday or Sunday, but then you have to dress up a lot. You put on several layers of clothes, caps, gloves, everything that's possible, because the temperature can fall in a cold winter day. You could have a minus 15, minus 20 degrees Celsius, so it's a uh, uh, big uh, big challenge for a runner, but it, it's manageable. But um, no no quality running, no hill training, nothing of that is possible to do outdoors for at least three months during the build up to comrades. Wow, that's that's incredible. And and I think as South Africans, we don't realise how how lucky we are uh, in the build up to comrades in those summer months when when we really need to up things. How how easy it is for us to train, and and it's always good to get a bit of international uh, perspective on it. Patrick, obviously, the, the profile of Comrades has grown quite a bit in Sweden. I'm just looking, I'm sitting with the results of, of the 2014 race in front of me, and, and two Swedes in the top 10, one in the men's, one in the ladies. Jonas Budd finished seventh overall in the men's race, and in the ladies' race, it was Frida Södermark who finished eighth. So, obviously, there, there, there's a bit of uh, exposure for comrades in Sweden, the numbers are growing. You, you mentioned the first one you ran. There were four people that came out. This year, there were a whole lot more. Tell us a little bit about sort of what comrades means in Sweden. I know you, you've been working really hard to try and encourage other people to run comrades as well. But talk to us a little bit about the, the comrades community in Sweden, so to speak. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it really took off. As you said, you mentioned Jonas Bard, our best runner. He's been South Africa four times and won three gold medals. And I think the interest in comrades in Sweden really took off in 2013 when he finished second place. He got he finished second, and he got big media coverage back home, especially in the running websites and then running magazines, and even on national sports television. And that really so from that the interest in comrades boomed. I think in 2014 this year, 26 Swedes signed up. So it's a huge increase on the three four that you usually run comrades, and lots lot more people have 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 it on the map and on their bucket list from now on uh and especially a lot among the elite runners as well because as you said Jonas Butt was was um, got with them two big two lady runners this year, and you just mentioned Frida who got a gold medal, and we also have Sophia Sundberg who finished just outside the golds. So the, the Swedish small Swedish ultra elite has become very aware of comrades and uh, the few hundred ultra aficionados that run ultras in Sweden too now have comrades on their bucket list. So uh, I, I think it's it's become the race that people want to do. The only thing that keeps us keeps more and more from coming is is, is the long journey down to South Africa. It's, it costs both in time and money. So. We race. I think everyone wants to do it at once, but you can't. We can't. You can't expect Swedes doing it regularly as South Africans do. Take it every year. 
Yeah, absolutely. It is a it is a long, long way to come, and and also there's not too much information. And, and I'm not just talking for Swedes. I'm talking for for a lot of international runners. There's not too much information with regards to exactly what to do. And and this last year up to to the 2014 comrades. We at Run Talk SA tried a couple of things with webinars and podcasts and that sort of thing, obviously trying to get that information uh, out to, to the South African runners, but also to the international running community. And I know you, you've been listening to a lot of the podcasts and, and that sort of thing. What did those mean to you in the build-up to Comrades 2014, Patrick? Oh, they, they mean a lot. I mean, they are you couldn't, couldn't do without them. You give very valuable training advice and you also uh, – just, just to have a podcast and listen to it every half hour, uh, half hour every week, it keeps you motivated for training. Yeah, and I know, I know what it's about. Why I train? I, keep, I feel connected to comrades, and uh, uh, that, that means a lot, especially during our dark winter months, which is your summer months, like January, February, when comrades are far away, and you feel you feel not. That are overconfident in your training, your preparations. It's very good to tune in to get some sound advice uh, and mental uh, helps you with the mental build-up. Uh, I, I think it's enormous. Uh, you do great work with, uh, with that podcast. Fantastic, Patrick Joyce. I want to thank you so much for your time today. Uh, all the best, and uh, you've done four now. When's the next trip to South Africa? Uh, my next trip. Possibly next year. I hope to be at the party. I, I, I really want to stick my neck. I hope. I'm really hoping that Jonas Bud will make it next year. Next year's an upland. He's best on the upland, and he's now has been to. He's run four comrades, and I think he's learned the race, and he's. I think he's prepared to take on all all your great South African runners, and perhaps take first place next year. And I really want to be there then. Yeah, that, that would be amazing, being in South Africa, if there is a, a Swedish winner. Patrick, thank you for your time. If there's anything we can do to help uh, in the build-up to, to that race, if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to, to ask. No, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. And that's it for another edition of Run Talk SA. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have to also mention, uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, we've had a bit of technical issues with regards to uh, our iTunes listing on Run Talk SA. Obviously, a lot of people had subscribed to that. And with us changing over to the new platform that we were using on our website, uh, we had endless issues with iTunes. In the end, we had to resubmit that feed. So uh, if you were subscribing to Run Talk SA through iTunes, I'm going to need you to do it again. Unfortunately, uh, all of those subscriptions have basically been uh, cancelled by iTunes, and we've had to start from scratch. So what that means as well uh, is we've pretty much lost all the ratings and reviews that you've left us uh, over over the last year or so. And uh, if I could ask you, if you do find value in this podcast and you enjoy listening to it, uh, the best way that you can help us out is just by leaving us a review and rating. It helps uh, get in front of other eyeballs and other eardrums uh, in iTunes. And uh, the more reviews and ratings we get, obviously, uh, the more people get to see and hear about Run Talk SA. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a few minutes uh, and helping us out doing that, it will be much, much appreciated. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, and I have to tell you, next week on the show, got another international guest, a guy who came out uh, for Comrades this year, Randy's first one, uh, a guy by the name of Joel Runyon. Uh, had a fantastic chat with Joel. He was uh, pretty much adopted by the Rand Athletic Club uh, at Comrades this year by RAC. 
and he had a wonderful experience. So I uh, wanted to chat uh, to Joel a little bit about uh, his comrade's experience. He had some pretty cool mantras as well that uh, he wrote about after the race that I'm going to quiz him on. So make sure you tune in next week for another edition of Run Talk USA. And don't forget, Comrades Entries opening the 1st of September. If you want tons of Comrades info, make sure you go to askcoachperry.com, okay? There are tons of Comrades resources there. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, cheers. <laughs>